Yes! We have started the new year right. Welcome, friends. It is so good to see you. And if this is your first time with us, that's normal. Thank you for being with us. We celebrate you. If this is your first time with us, I do want to say a very special welcome and glad that you are here today. Y'all, the voice on that uh, bumper video this morning sounded a little familiar. Um, it yells at me sometimes. <laughs> Hashtag teenage dad life. Um, and in case you're wondering, I did get her permission to call her out before I came up here, and she was thrilled. Uh, <laughs> but y'all, today is a new day, an opportunity for a new beginning, preparing us for something greater than we can even imagine, greater than we've imagined before, with all our past all our present reality preparing us to be met by the power of God's presence here and now. And so I want to invite you to stand as we read our scripture verse today. We are coming from the gospel of Mark. I'm going to read the first eight verses of chapter one. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated. So in this new day, this new opportunity for a new beginning, it's Epiphany Sunday, as Pastor Allison introduced as we started today, celebrating the arrival of these three wise dudes who traveled from the east, and we know they traveled in a Honda because they showed up in an Accord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Dead joke, yes. Dad, joke. My friends, I have a new calendar for 2024 that is a calendar of dad jokes. For every single day, there is a dad joke. Hang in there, it's coming, okay? What's red and bad for your teeth? A brick. It is. I mean, it just, it is. All right, more to come on that. With these three wise men traveling from the east, 
who followed a star, and they found themselves in the presence of God in the flesh. One come to set about a revolution against the way things are, showing us how they could and should be. These pagan folk, these Gentile folk, certainly not of the Jewish faith, they arrived and they found the kingdom of God coming because they had a revelation of Jesus as the king, the Messiah, not just for the ancient people of Israel, but for the whole world. And so what does our passage today have to do with the Magi or the wise men? Absolutely nothing. But what does our passage today have to do with the revelation of Jesus and the revolution that he came to set in motion? Absolutely everything. We find ourselves at a new beginning, the start of a new year, a milestone It can be a good and natural place for newness. That's why we often come into this season with New Year's resolutions. An article that I was reading this week out of the uh, Ohio State Fisher School of Business that came out last year says research that 23% of people who set a New Year's resolution quit by the end of the first week. Anybody? You don't have to own up to it. I will. Um, 43% quit by the end of January. And research suggests that only 9% of Americans who set a New Year's resolution complete it by the end of that year. So, right, we step into this place of new beginning with this idea of a clean start or a fresh start. But oftentimes in that newness, we come to it with the fallacy that we're carrying, that it, that it is without the past coming into the picture. The fallacy that we're, we're actually carrying our experiences and our skills, our successes, our wounds, and our traumas that come into this new year with us. Though we want to leave it behind, it's a part of who we are. It's a part of what got us to this place. And so in this place of newness, We get to reimagine what a beginning might look like that brings forward all of the past and all of our present reality. But then in that, we get to look toward what is ahead. Today and every day in this new year, things don't have to be the way that they have been. Even if things didn't Go the way you had hoped yesterday. Today is a new beginning. A new beginning where we are invited to prepare a way for God's presence in our reality today and for the future. Today, a new day, a new beginning that we can reimagine it 
as we are invited to prepare a way for God's presence. And so stepping into the Gospel of Mark, the beginning of the good news of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. I love that Mark just lays it out from the get-go. This is the new beginning that we are about to step into. But with just a few words, Mark lets us know that the new beginning isn't just about the arrival of Jesus in that place, in that moment. No, in just a few words, he's letting us know that the good news actually begins back even before the prophet. The prophet Isaiah foretold the beginning of this good news. And even before Isaiah, the beginning of this good news points back to freedom from slavery in Egypt. That this is a redemption of the people of God looking all the way back to the garden. This is a good news that speaks to the exile from the Garden of Eden. And so the beginning of the good news starts back then, and Mark is letting us know, y'all, it starts back there. And here, in this moment, we are seeing the fulfillment of what was promised. Mark is setting up that this is the one that we have been waiting for, the one the prophets foretold, and the conditions are so right for his coming. In a place of great oppression, in a, great, in a place of great brokenness, of the religious system, in a place where people are longing for God's presence, for God's salvation from where they are. The prophecies that Mark gives us are being fulfilled. Prepare the way. Make straight the path for our God. And for those who have eyes to see, Elijah, who Malachi foretells would come Elijah is on the scene and making ready the way for the glory of God to be revealed. Friends, there was a recognized need, the realization of the need for Jesus. And real change, real change with all of our past in mind, our present circumstances and current reality, Real change for the future comes from surrender to Jesus. Real change comes from surrender to Jesus. You know, it's not hard to look around and see that the way things are is not how they should be. It's not how we would wish them to be. It's not how we would want them to be. When we look on the global scale, the wars, the hostages, the earthquakes, natural disasters, 
in our own country already mass shootings that number as many of the days in this year. School shootings that have already claimed the life of a middle schooler. Car accidents in our midst, human trafficking that is happening right around us. Sickness, death, it's all still in our midst in this new year. And then to come home into our own lives, right? The things that we carry with us, the career path that maybe I'm not satisfied with, the financial situation I find myself in, the mountain of debt that we find ourselves under, my weight not being where I want it, the addiction that has control over me instead of control over it, the pride in my own heart, attitude. All of those things right from the past are still with us today, hard as we might want to just cut them off and start new. The conditions are right for the arrival of Jesus here today. Not terribly different from the first century Israel when Jesus' life and ministry begins. But there's a precursor. There is one who has come to prepare the way for the life and ministry of Jesus. We know him as John the Baptist. Right? And John is out at the Jordan River in the wilderness. So picture it outside of town. For us, Morgan Creek on the south side of town, right? Getting just out of the city. The Jordan River, the edge of the wilderness where John has been doing his ministry. And there the whole Judean countryside, it says, and Jerusalem so the people from the countryside and the people from the city are going out to John. Last time I checked, the center of religious life was the temple, and it was in the heart of Jerusalem. But people were going out to John. Because John there was preparing the way. And what was he doing? But he was preaching a baptism of repentance. There's one of those church words for you. Repentance. <laughs> what image does that bring up for you, right? What does that mean? Judgment? Condemnation? That's not what it says is happening with John. John is preaching what is literally translated a turn from one way back to another way, a 180-degree switch. The transition, the turning from the way things are to the way things could and should be. And in that, there is forgiveness, it says. Who's preaching a baptism of repentance that brings about the forgiveness of sin. And then it says people are confessing their sin, another like 
million-dollar church word for you, confessing. Repentance, confessing. Justin, where are we going? We're letting John prepare the way for us as well. Confessing sin at that point, in that place of repentance, the baptism of repentance going from the way things were, the way things are to the way things could be, it is then natural to flow out of that space, to confess, to share with one another the things that have separated us from God. And that is our definition of sin, y'all, anything that keeps us from being who God has created us to be. And so in turning away from those things that we might be in relationship with the one who made us, it is natural for us to share with one another those things that hold us back, those things that have held us from being shaped and formed into the image of God, the seed that was planted down deep in our hearts from the very beginning, that that seed would grow and flourish. But y'all, sin, it throws another layer of manure on there. And so that layer, we want to let it provide the fertilizer we need to grow up out of that place. So that anything that separates us from God, even in the smallest way, we want to share it so that we can correct it so that we can trust in the loving kindness of God to set us free from it. You know, psychologist Kurt Thompson reminds us at the core of every human longing, the deepest desires of our longing are to be seen, to be soothed, to be safe, and secure. And my fourth finger doesn't go without the fifth one. I don't know what that's about. There's four S's. We're going to go there. Four S's. To be seen, soothed, safe, and secure. From the littlest baby among us, that is the longing that they have. To the oldest adult among us, the longing to be seen to be soothed, to be safe and secure. And so in a world where everything seems to pull us away from that sense, the conditions are right, that John is calling us to this place of relationship with the one who made us to find the fulfillment of our deepest longing. And so our sin actually often flows out of those deepest desires, the longing for those four S's, but often looking in other places, looking in places other than the heart of the one who made us, who gave us that longing to begin with. And so John is inviting people, 
John is calling people. John is preaching to the masses to come and repent so that they may be seen, that they may be soothed, that they may be safe and secure in the arms of their loving Heavenly Father. In baptism then, as they enter into the Jordan River to be baptized by John, baptism, baptism is this outward sign and symbol of the inward transformation that is taking place being washed by the water, that our deepest longings then can be found in God instead of the things of this world. Friends, have you been baptized? If so, I want to invite you to consider in this moment how that water baptism expressed the inward work in your life. If you haven't been baptized, I would love to talk with you about that. I would love to share with you what that might look like, what it means, and how to do it. On the digital connect card on the Sunday page that Joel mentioned a bit earlier, lovechapelhill.com Sunday, you can indicate that on a connect card. And I'd love to follow up with you, or you can catch me after the service today, and I'd love to share more about baptism with you. You're invited into that. You're invited into this repentance from the way things are to the way things could and should be. And that transformation starts here. I love then that it goes on to share John's reverence for the one who will come after him. John's got a following, y'all. He's got an entourage. And he could embrace the celebrity life. He could claim to be more than he is. People are even speculating, maybe he's the one we've been waiting for. But he knows, even to the point of saying that he is unworthy to untie the sandal of the one coming after him. That is to say that he is unworthy even of being the servant of the one who will come after him. The one who is about to make his appearance. And he acknowledges that reverence. that reverence by saying, hey, I'm baptizing you with water, and this is for the cleansing from your sin to turn to the way things could and should be. But he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power to not just cleanse you from this, but to set you free for the fullness a flourishing life that goes even beyond this world. Jesus will come and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, the power to set you free. 
Some of us have been following Jesus for a long time in this room. And some time ago, we were washed with the water. But maybe even in this moment, there's a longing for the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit brings about an empowerment. It's the same empowerment that comes on Jesus, and that's a preview of next week's message that Pastor Allison is going to bring. The Holy Spirit coming on Jesus to empower him, his life, and his ministry. And what John is already preparing our hearts for before Jesus makes his arrival on the scene is that that Holy Spirit is going to be offered to us. And not just that it's going to be, y'all, but it is today. The Holy Spirit being offered to you, but again, just like the people who realized the need to step outside of the way things are, to say, this religious system isn't doing it for me. I'm going to the wilderness. I'm going to the one who is preaching the good news of the one who is to come. They had to realize a need in order to go there. They had to realize the need for a better way in order that they might have a revelation of who Jesus is. And in that revelation of who Jesus is, there is a repentance from the way things are to then receive the good news of the way things should be and then to respond to share that good news but it starts with the realization of the need, confessing our need to receive. And today is an opportunity for a new beginning, that the way things are is not the way things have to be. Lamentations, all the way back there in the old part of the book, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And so we are embarking on this journey of reimagining what a new beginning looks like we're embarking on a journey through the life and ministry of Jesus. As told by Mark. And as we reimagine what new beginnings look like, we get to see what's possible. We get to see what good news looks like. Coming to life off of the page. What it looked like then and what it can look like now. One of the things I'm excited about as we embark on this journey, you know, that the story on Tuesday nights and small groups throughout the church have the opportunity to go deeper in the life of Jesus, to go deeper with the conversation about the Sunday message. So the teaching team working together to establish follow-up conversation, questions and resources to the Sunday message that it's not just about this time in this space, but in our conversations through the week. 
that we're going deeper together in the life of Jesus. And as we are in this series, in this new year, I want to encourage us to have a posture of response. Response, like the people who realized their need, respond to go out to the wilderness to be baptized by John. To respond to the call of Jesus to come follow me. To respond as we see the people in the wilderness. Confessing. To practice confession. To respond with prayer. To pray for one another. Y'all, if you see someone next to you with a head down in worship or someone who is sitting down front, you can respond in that moment to pray with them to pray for them, to pray over them. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in that. And to respond in worship. How we are expressing ourselves in worship in this place as we're inviting the Holy Spirit to come and lead us. In this series, I want to encourage you to allow your heart, to allow your physical self to respond in that. Maybe that's raising a hand. Some of us get it like right here. And then some of us get it here, and some of us are like all out. Any of it is okay, and you also don't have to do it at all. But let us step into a posture of response. In confession, in prayer, in our worship experience. If you're tired of the way things are, tired of this world and the weight of it, and you want this year to be different, I want to invite you to respond today. Maybe that's repentance. Maybe that's for the first time that you are saying, God, I am tired of the way things have been. And I am hearing that the way things have been are not the way they have to be. And I want to change. I invite you into that today. Maybe you made that, that turn, that repentance some time ago, but there's an invitation or a nagging in your heart that there is this thing that is holding you back. I want to invite you to respond, to confess it. Confess it to a brother or sister near you, to one of our pastors there's going to be an invitation to respond as we come to communion. And maybe today you are longing for the Holy Spirit and you are recognizing a need for the power of the Holy Spirit to meet you in this. To meet you in this life for the strength and the power for the days ahead. That they can be different that there is another way. There is a better way. So today is a new day, an opportunity for a new beginning. As we turn our hearts toward communion, well, this is an invitation to respond. And over the course of this series, as we come to the table, 
If there is something that you feel like is separating you from God, that is between you and holding you back in your relationship with the one who made you, the one who wants flourishing and the fullness of life for you. You know, these front seats are open. The second row is open. The third row, Darren, thank you for holding it down. Y'all, there's space here to come forward and to even pray together before you receive, right? To align our hearts with God before we come and receive because we're receiving his body and his blood that made a way for us. And so that could be repentance. That could be just confession of what is holding you back. That could be an invitation to the Holy Spirit to fill and empower your life today. Pastor Joel is ready to come forward and pray. I'm going to invite Pastor Allison. If, if you would like to be prayed for today, if you want to respond in some way, we're here to meet with you. I'll be here to pray with you as well. But as we turn our hearts to the table, to his broken body, and his blood poured out for us. These are the gifts of his mercy and his grace for the forgiveness of sin that we might receive the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite you to stand and pray this prayer, this prayer of purification that comes from the sixth century that it carries forward this call from way back then to where we are now to posture our hearts for response, to posture our hearts to receive the good news, to posture ourselves to receive the Holy Spirit. So let's pray this together. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Friends, I invite you to come to the table today. Our servers are ready. Take a piece of the bread, tear it off, dip it in the cup. That his body broken for you, his blood shed for you. As you taste it, receive the goodness and faithfulness of God. To listen to the call and to respond today. If you need a gluten-free option, that is available as well. I invite you to come to the table.